saw this thing or place, you were just in awe of it. Uh, I remember we had a family trip to New York City. Uh, we drove from here in Pine Bluff all the way to Niagara Falls. And we arrived there like at 11 o'clock at night. And we checked into our hotel and unloaded our stuff. And then we actually drove to the falls after we checked in. And we, when we arrived, it was just amazing. It was our first time there. And, and walking up before we even got to the falls, when you're walking up to Niagara Falls, you could just hear the roar of water traveling to the falls. And then when you just arrive to the falls, you see this big old you know, waterfall, water, big old rim, because you know, it's from the United States and it's from the Canada, the Canadian side. And you just see just amazing Psalms 8, I believe that is what's going on in the psalm written by David. Uh, you may recall the days that we, when he was a shepherd and he's watching his flock at night looking to the sky and he sees a bright moon and he sees the stars and it's shining down on him and David begins thinking about God. And this is what he writes in Psalms chapter 8. If you have it with us. It says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your bows to steal the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man? second Lord is just the L is capitalized 
And the translators do that so that you know that when the Lord, L-O-R-D, all capitals, it's, it's the name of God from Exodus chapter 3, the covenantal name of God, Yahweh. So in essence, David is saying, O Yahweh, O Adonai. O Yahweh, O Adonai. And why does David do that? Why does David say Adonai and use the name of God, Yahweh, the covenantal name of God? And I think he does that because he wants you to see that God is transcendent above the earth. And that's what Adonai means, that he's the ruler of all. He's the sovereign ruler of the world. So God is transcendent, but he's also near to us. God is far above us, but yet is relational with us. He is the sovereign ruler of all creation who has chosen to enter into a relationship with humanity. O Lord, our Lord. How majestic is your name in all the earth. David is in awe of who God is. And we know it's nighttime because he's looking at the, the moon and the stars. And he's looking at the sky and he's just observing the beauty of God at night. Have you ever seen that beauty of God at night when there's no you know, street lights or anything? It's just stars and moon. It's just beautiful. And David is doing that and he's overwhelmed by God's creation. And he proclaims how majestic, how glorious, how beautiful is your name in all the earth. That word for majesty can be translated as glorious or excellent or beautiful. But when we think of majesty or glory or beauty, what does David mean? When he proclaims how majestic or glorious God's name is across the earth, what is he talking about? What does majesty, what does glory mean? And when you look at God's glory throughout the scriptures, God's glory is his holiness on display in the earth. God's glory is his holiness on display in the earth. When we see the public display of God's holiness in the earth, that is what we call God's glory. And in Psalms 8, David talks about God silencing his enemies. He writes about creating the moon and the stars. He calls it the finger work of God. Talking about God setting the moon and the stars in their spots with his hands. David talks about the creation of man and how God has, has designed man in his image and likeness to have dominion and authority over creation. So God silencing his enemies, God's creation of the moon and the stars, God's creation of man with identity and purpose, all of this is God's holiness on display. And it brings David to worship and sing, you are glorious in all the earth. This reminds me of the angels around the throne of God from Isaiah's vision. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Notice the angels did not say the whole earth is full of his holiness. They saw, they saw the whole earth that it was full of God's glory because the public display of God's holiness is God's glory. 
And in Psalms 8, David is thinking things that make God different, different from his enemies, different from creation, different from us as human beings. And David says, your glory is above the heavens. He's saying, God, you are so transcendent, you are high and exalted, you are so holy that your glory is above the heavens. Your glory is not of this world. And as I was studying this psalm, I kept asking myself, why in the world does David say, out of the mouths of babies and infants, you establish strength to steal the enemy? Why does David say that? There's nothing that you could see in the Old Testament that where God used the mouth of babies to silence the enemy. And I kept thinking, why would David say this? So when I didn't understand, I went, I went to the commentaries, I went to different people and heard what they had to say, and I came across something John Piper said about Psalms chapter 8. And he points out that there's a pattern in this chapter. And the pattern is this. David says, God, you are glorious. And then he says, God chooses to use the weak. And then he goes on to say, for the purpose of displaying strength and ruling the earth. And what we learn from this psalm and what astounds David, what drives him to worship is that this transcendent God, this God that is above the creation, that his glory is on display on the earth, who created the universe, who created man with identity and purpose, has chosen to use the weak in this world to display his glory and strength. That is what David is astounded by in, Psalm, in Psalms chapter 8. Now let's look at this pattern a little bit closer. In verse 1c, right at the end, it says, You have set your glory above the heavens. He's talking that God sent his glory above the heavens. And here we see David amazed by God's glory. And that his glory is not of this world. It is above the heavens. And then we see David move to verse 2. Out of the mouth of babies and infants you have established strength because of your foes. And what is David saying? That God uses the mouth of babies to defeat his enemies. And we have some babies here in church this morning. And we can see that those babies are dependent on their parents for everything. They are dependent on their parents for their very existence. We see their frailty and weakness. Yet God uses them to establish his strength to defeat his enemies. God uses the weak to display his strength and to rule the earth. What's interesting is Jesus quotes this very passage in Matthew 21. And on the day we know as Palm Sunday, when Jesus rode humbly into Jerusalem on a donkey, and the people were waving palm branches and rejoicing in Jesus, and the children were crying out, Hosanna to the Son of David, Hosanna to the Son of David which literally means save us, son of David. Associating Jesus as the Messiah who was to come. Then after this event, Jesus goes out to clear the temple from the money changers. And this is what comes after that. In Matthew 21, verses 15 and 16, it says, but when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that Jesus did, and the children cried out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David. They were indignant. 
And they said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes. Jesus said, Yes, I hear them. And you know what? What they're saying is true. When he says yes, and doesn't stop them from saying it, he's saying what they're saying is true. Hosanna to the Son of David. And then Jesus says this, Have you never read out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies you have prepared for me? Quoting Psalms 8. Wow. And here's what you see. You see Psalms 8 on display for us. The chief priests and the scribes are furious. They're angry about what's going on. And Jesus quotes Psalms 8 and asks them, haven't you read out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies you have prepared praise? You see, Jesus knew the chief priests and scribes knew that passage. And if Jesus is quoting verse 2 of Psalms 8 about the praise of the children, what does that make the chief priests and the scribes? God's enemies. And they knew that is what Jesus was insinuating. And God was using the weak, the children, to establish his strength to quiet the enemy. Now David restarts this pattern in verse 3. God, you are glorious. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and stars which you have set in place. David's saying, when I look at your creation, I can't help to think, that God, you are glorious. And then what does David say next? Verse 4. What is man that you are mindful? Or that you remember him? The son of man that you care for. God, you are so glorious. What am I compared to your glory? Compared to your creation. What am I that you remember me? That you care for my needs. I'm just a weak, frail, sinful man. But what does the rest of the psalm say? In verses 5 through 8. You have made him a little lower than God. Now some of your translations say heavenly being. But if you read that Hebrew word that is used there, it's Elohim. It's Elohim. The Hebrew word David uses is Elohim, which, which can mean angels or gods or heavenly beings. And it's used that way in other psalms. But Elohim is one of the names for God also. And when David says, you have made him little lower than Elohim, he is going back all the way to Genesis 1 and 2. The creation narrative. And in the creation narrative, the name that is used for God over and over and over again is Elohim. God who is majestic in power. That's what that word, that's what that name means. God majestic in power. And David is remembering that God has made us in his image. You have made him a little lower than God. Remember what Genesis 1, 26 and 27 says? Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Then David says, you have crowned him with glory and honor. And that we find our identity in who, God, in who God made us to be. And that's important. That 
We find our identity in who God made us to be. So adults, children, young people, listen up real quick. If you don't remember anything, just remember this. Our society is in the identity crisis. Our culture is an identity crisis. We no longer know who we are because we have detached ourselves from God, from our Creator. And we look to other things to give us identity, which causes our whole being to be out of order because we are letting other things, other ideas, other philosophies define who we are. But you are God's creation, crowned with glory and honor. Designed for a purpose, purpose to bring glory to God and to care for this creation. And if you're looking for identity and purpose, if you're asking yourself, who am I and why am I here on this earth? Don't look to evolution for the answers. Don't look to worldly philosophies for the answers. Don't even look within yourself for the answers. Or your own imagination. For the answer because you'll be dis left disillusioned you'll be left depressed and you'll be left wanting and searching for something else you got to look to the creator because he has designed you with an identity and a purpose and what we see in psalms 8 is that god has chosen to work through the weak men and women to rule and display his glory on this earth do you see the pattern that david is using he describes God's glory. Your glory is far above the earth. Your hands place the moon and the stars and set them in the heavens. And then he describes the weak, babies, establishing God's strength or humanity. What is man that you remember him and care for him? And then, and then we see how God uses the weak to display his glory and rule the earth. The babies establish strength by silencing the enemies of God. And God has created men and women with glory and honor to rule the earth. You know, what's interesting is we see the same principle displayed in the New Testament for us as well. Paul, writing to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 1, 26-31, says this. For consider your calling, brothers. And many of you were... Wise were not wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, because of God, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, so that it is written that the one who boasts, boasts in the Lord. God is using the weak to display his glory, to rule the earth. God chose the weak so that no one can boast in the presence of God. God chose the weak to display his glory and rule the earth. And because of God, we are in Christ. Because of God, Jesus is our wisdom. Jesus is our righteousness. 
Jesus is our holiness. Jesus is our redeemer. Listen, listen to what the writer of Hebrews says, quoting Psalms 8. And he quotes it and applies it to Jesus. Hebrews 2, 5 through 9 says, For it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come, of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere, What is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now when putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him, but we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. The writer of the Hebrews takes Psalms 8 and applies it to Jesus. And Hebrews is saying that through Jesus' death, sin and death and Satan, all of God's enemies are conquered. When the writer of the Hebrews says all things are in subjection to Christ, he is saying Christ is supreme over all the earth, over everything. And through the death of Jesus on the cross, he conquered all his enemies. All his enemies. He conquered sin. He conquered death. He conquered Satan. And all things are subjection to Christ. He reigns supreme over all the earth. Above everything. Above the earth. In the earth. Under the earth. And where Adam failed, Jesus was victorious. Where Adam failed, Jesus was victorious. Listen to what Philippians 2 says. Almost saying the exact same thing. Having this mind among yourselves, which is in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. You see, through the humble death of Christ on a cross, God defeats his enemies. And not only does Jesus defeat his enemies, but Christ is exalted, and rules all things, and his glory fills the earth. Christ is highly exalted and has the name above all names. He is highly exalted and worthy of all praise, glory, and honor. He sits on the throne, ruling and reigning, working. There is nothing outside of his control. And notice the writer of the Hebrews says, At present, we do not see everything in subjection to him. When we look out on our world, when we turn on the news, we see chaos, right? The world looks like it's in chaos, out of order, that chaos is ruling and not Jesus. But what Hebrews is telling us 
is that the world may look like it's in chaos, but Jesus is ruling over the world. Amen. Jesus is ruling over the world, and God is still in control because Christ rules over all things, and one day we will see Christ reigning and ruling on his throne. One day we will see it. And you know what is glorious? This is the whole point of Psalms 8. What is glorious and what drives David to say, Oh Lord, oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Is that God invites us to be in his kingdom. He invites us to come to him and live for him and rule with him. Look at what Revelation 3.21 says. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. Listen to those words. To the one who conquers, I will grant him to sit on my throne. Can you imagine one day when this world is done, Christ comes back, he's ruling and reigning, we are going to be sitting with him on his throne. As I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. It's a beautiful picture. And that's the picture that David is thinking about when he writes Psalms 8. He's like, man, he's looking at the moon and the stars. And he's like, God, this is amazing. But what is man that you remember him? That you care for him. And then he remembers Genesis 1 and 2. He says, God, you made us in your image. You made us in your likeness. You created us to rule all the beasts and the fish and, and all the animals and to, to rule creation. And the fact that God uses the weak in the world to display his glory and strength is what drives David to proclaim. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Can you imagine if David was here now today, looking back and seeing Christ's death on a cross and him inviting us to rule and reign with him? He would say the same thing. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. It's so beautiful. It defines for us who you are. It defines for us who we are. And it, it tells the message of